Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise be to Allah, the Lord of the Worlds. Over 100 episodes, almost 40 different ethnic backgrounds, living in almost 30 different countries. In just two seasons, the Niqabi Diaries podcast has brought you the stories of Muslim women across the globe. Women united in sisterhood by their commitment to the Deen of Islam. Welcome to season three of the Naqabi Diaries podcast, where, inshallah, we will continue to bring you the stories of the women behind the veil. The Naqabi Diaries, our experiences, our perspectives, our voices. I'm your host, Samar, and thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode, season three of the Naqabi Diaries. Alhamdulillah, we have with us Sister Hafsa today. So Sister Hafsa, could you please introduce yourself for the listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do, inshallah. Assalamualaikum. Um, it's so nice to be on here. Um, it's so nice to meet you. Um, so I am an Ian, well, I'm an Naqabi. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Um, and I am an ENL teacher born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I've been wearing the niqab for quite a long time. I wore it in um, high school and I now am done with college. So it's been a long time. It doesn't feel like that. Like sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I've been wearing it for this long, but it doesn't feel like that. Um, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And uh, it was my choice and I surprised my family with it. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay, was so, nice. so so what um, what what made you want to wear the niqab then? Um, so my family, so I grew up in a community in a Muslim community mm-hmm. here in um Brooklyn, um, and a lot of my mom's friends, including my mother, uh, wear the niqab. Um, so it wasn't something new to me, and it wasn't something strange. Um, it was like I was so comfortable seeing it around that I didn't feel like I was doing something so out of the norm or something strange that people would be like uh why um and I also grew up in an Islamic school all my life uh, one of my principals was Jan Akavi uh, my older sister's in Akavi so I kind of like it was like a full circle of um hijabis and Akavis and I was a hijabi ever since I was a little girl um like early days elementary school and it felt weird leaving the house without a hijab if my parents like gave me the option of like you don't have to wear it today kind of thing but because it was also in the uniform so wearing it five days a week uh and then on the weekends not wearing it kind of felt weird to me um mm-hmm. and I didn't understand it if I wasn't like if I had the choice to not wear it on the weekends it was just like wait is this an option like what is this mm-hmm. but I felt weird that I never left without the hijab uh and when I got to high school we had a little spring break um and, and I was like you know what I think this is the time so we had like a week off for spring break um and we get our niqabs done custom made from back home so this was like before the time where you can get um niqabs made online and then you know um so I got them and I I woke up and I was going to school and I put it on I ironed a whole new fit and it was it was really nice uh and then I surprised my parents wow um and I went to school and it was like a a nice day yeah yeah alhamdulillah it was really nice 
Um, my friends were like, what? What? Alhamdulillah. That's, that's nice. It's nice like, to hear that, you know, a different story where, where the parents are happy yeah. and like, you know, pleasantly surprised. Alhamdulillah. That's really nice. So um, it's, it's nice that you mentioned that you grew up wearing the hijab as well, because yeah. I think um, it sounds like obviously you got used to wearing the hijab from a very young age. Yes, I did. Um, I was wearing it for as long as I can remember. I don't remember a time that I wasn't wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of sums it up for me. Alhamdulillah. So in your community, because you said you live in a Muslim community, do you still have um, like interactions? I'm assuming you must still have interactions with non-Muslims at times as well. So has there been any cases even before wearing the niqab that, you know, maybe you've had uh, maybe some negative interactions with non-Muslims or any kind of abuse or anything like that for wearing hijab or the niqab? Um... I wouldn't say yes and I wouldn't say no because mm-hmm. there are like racist people all over the place and New York is very diverse like mm-hmm. I can't um say that I haven't um but it's not to the point where I'm saying that I can handle it and I need to take it off because New York has so many Muslims um everyone is so open to accepting cultures and diversities and like just very open overall um you get like racial comments here and there but I wouldn't say it's a daily thing that you feel like you're scared of you're not walking around and scared of being attacked or verbally um like you're not harassed right and left like it's not something that you should be walking out of your house worrying about uh, in some areas maybe but it's it's not a thing that I'm walking around and I'm like oh my god I'm scared to be wearing my hijab today and I'm so grateful for that because that. growing up here I didn't feel like I had to minimize wearing the hijab or had to dress a certain way or had to fit that picture to kind of feel accepted. Um, I went to school and programs growing up that were not Muslim. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it wasn't in my Muslim community. I grew up in so many different atmospheres where I was exposed to being around non-Muslims. And I was always that friendly person that everybody um I just kind of attached to everyone and like connected regularly um and growing up in college as well I was part of student government and I was I was pretty up there um in terms of like it being the niqab wearing the niqab I mean um it didn't stop me um it was really my personality I feel like that made me get up there and just do things just like everybody else and I never thought will they accept me because my niqab? Yeah. I only think of it as when they say no, I'm like, maybe, but mm. I wouldn't say it restricted me from things that I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, so I went to college and obviously there's no Muslim colleges here. Um, but yeah, it was pretty mixed, pretty diverse. Um, all my friends actually in college, 90% of them were not, not Muslims. Um, and I still came in contact. Um, um and yeah um I'm currently working in a public school and my coworkers are not Muslim and there's not um a barrier I would say between me and them because of the, I'm I'm so I'm super grateful because um to dress a certain way or to be exposed to opportunities like this so alhamdulillah I'm very grateful.
Alhamdulillah. So would you say that wearing the niqab has given you more confidence or would you say that you was already very confident growing up, you know, because of how you've been raised and that helped you to go forward with wearing the niqab so that you feel that, you know, it's it's like your personality has been able to, uh, has made it, you know, possible for you to be able to face, you know, any possible challenges? I mean, I'm very outgoing person. Like I'm, I'm that loud person in the room <laughs> um so I wouldn't I wouldn't um say that the naqab has a personality it's really how you don't look at the naqab as it limits you uh and more that you're able to do things as long as they're not haram obviously um to make sure that you are doing what you you can uh, for the community for yourself and putting yourself out there um and not limiting yourself to specific um stereotypes or specific um areas so I feel like I was I wouldn't say I'm very confident in like um no I wouldn't say that actually let me we were aware of that um I'm confident but not in the sense that I had to wear the niqab to feel confident or not in the sense that the niqab gave me confidence mm -hmm. um I think every personality differs um maybe some people will some niqabis would actually look at um some things I do and probably say that doesn't fit for a niqabi and I get that um and then some other people are like, oh, my God, the way you're able to do the things you do with the niqab. So I think it's what perspective you're looking at it from um, and who you are and how you are uh, really makes all the difference. Definitely. Alhamdulillah. Definitely. So um, what are some of the things that you, you feel that you do that sometimes people are surprised that you can actually do because you're wearing the niqab? Because I've spoken to some other sisters. They, one of the things they said they like doing is horse riding. And um, people were shocked when they found out that they could ride horses with the niqab mm -hmm. on. And I found that really funny because it's just like, well, I don't know what the niqab like is going to like change the fact that, you know, you get on a horse and riding about, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, like what are some of the things that you've come across that people found surprising? I mean, piggybacking off horseback riding I love horseback riding and any chance I get to ride a horse I am the first person on that line getting on the horse and literally running with the horse um Mashallah. so I think honestly um any sports or any activities I am so into it like just last week we had a tournament in my school um for do dodgeball um I was wow. the frontline person to play that <laughs> I love sports um and in my school like I was like um I was like always the one on all the basketball teams and soccer and everything even in college I was um um I wasn't swimming with my Nicole but I did go swimming mm -hmm. um I had swimming two times a week um so it was for all women and I feel like a lot of people didn't know that um during college like I was always that person that found yoga and I would just spread the word like hey there's women's swimming hours you yeah. should check it out and honestly I felt like nobody took that risk where they wanted to go and find it because it was so out of the way on campus mm -hmm. I was the one that was so committed to showing up with my swim bag and going swimming before classes mm -hmm. just running I I made my sister in some of her races uh she ran she runs um she's a runner and ran a half marathon um two years ago I think that I spoke with her before oh you guys had an episode I think so is her name Safia or just in general yes Safia is my sister oh 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel embarrassed though. Yeah, mashallah. I spoke to her. I yeah. think it was the um, beginning of season two, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. SubhanAllah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Mashallah. So, mashallah, it really um, A lot of people think we're close friends, but we're actually so sisters. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty out there um, when it comes to doing things. Like, we, they have city bikes here in, um, in the city and like all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ride city bikes. Uh, around and people are like wait you guys are allowed to ride city bikes you're allowed to ride bikes and I'm like yeah like just make sure your bag doesn't get do things and post it people are like oh my god wait we're allowed to do this or it's okay to do this um and then some people are like you're not allowed to do that and it's just like wait but it's there's like I think our mindset is we've last year or not um exposing parts of the body or not being tight or you know, as long as everything is modest and mm-hmm. halal, um, there is a way of going on about it um, and not pushing your limits to something that you're not allowed to do. Like we can't, I, I believe this 100%. I believe that the naqab limits you from a lot of things and scenes because people already know what naqab is. Yes. Um, and they know that there are certain things you're not supposed to do with a naqab. And that's why I think I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm able to wear it and know my limits when it comes to things like that. Like, I get it. We want to have a seat at every single table and prove ourselves in terms of we belong here just like anybody else. But some things that you need to really think about and um, before we act upon it, we need to know, okay, this is not only is this something for me, but as long as it's uh, for the sake of Allah and knowing that you are naqab, you are wearing the naqab for the sake of Allah as well. And also that you represent Islam by the way you are dressed. Respect to Muslim women and, and things like that. We need to think twice before we do a lot of things. And I think that's what the challenge is with wearing the naqab, that you have mm-hmm. to wait, take a step back and be like, I have to think again before I do something or before I act upon it. Because it's like sometimes our desires can like blind us. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, snap, I did something and I didn't realize now will they say Hafsa did, but they'll say a Nakabi did that. Yeah, Look what the Nakabi is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So um I think the challenge is um you have to think twice before you do anything because it's not really your name that's on the line. Mm-hmm. It's the Nakab and how you dress. And like same thing for hijabis. You don't have to they'll say, Oh my god, but that's not hijab or that's not nakab. It's mm-hmm. they really come at what you're wearing and so, um that's always something to always think about and reflect on definitely and I, I really agree with you there I think this is for me one of the beautiful things about wearing like the correct hijab as well you know and obviously and the niqab too it's like an addition because sometimes when you say that you feel like it helps you draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes people don't get it but I think um for those of us who have chosen to wear the niqab as well at, at least in my experience I feel that taking that extra step to wear the niqab really helped me kind of um think more um you know like because like I was like I don't know like wearing the hijab before and jilbab and everything or uh, abaya you know I was practicing obviously as a Muslim but I feel that when I started to wear the niqab itself it was a it was a bigger reminder for me like to be more like conscious of myself to have more haya in public especially as well because I think that you know sometimes I could easily forget myself getting excited seeing friends outside maybe raising my voice too loudly and things like that you know there was different things that I don't know I wasn't maybe paying attention to but when I started wearing the naqab 
um, it did help me increase my confidence in certain areas. But I also like had that reminder as well, like, you know, think more consciously about the higher as well, like the inner higher a lot more. So it made me like reflect that little bit deeper. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that other people need that or that it's going to be the same for everyone. But for me personally, that's how it helped me. You know, so I think that's, um yeah, uh, for me, I, I see that as like, that was my kind of personal reflection with it and my experience, alhamdulillah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And um I just felt like um, a lot of people did come and tell me like, oh, why did you choose to wear it at such a young age? And like, you still have time or why would you make such a, like a harsh decision for yourself? And like, and these are like people I know and I was close with um, and I also got a few negative comments that were like, oh, you still have time to take it off. Like you don't have to do this to yourself. But it's like, I'm not really doing anything to myself, but mm-hmm. doing something that will help me in the long run. Um, and even if I was young, but that was the time where a lot of people were either wearing hijab or taking off hijab. Um, and it really put me in a, in a place where now that I am, physically and visibly Muslim, um, even more like people, I feel like people look at Nafab, like I, I still get questions like from people who are not Muslim mm-hmm. um, that ask me, what religion are you or what are you or what are you wearing? And I'm like, wait, is it not clear? But yeah, so- I, I still take the time out of my day to explain it because they're really not asking because they want to be funny. They're actually curious um, and want to know. And it's it's obviously our duty to to let them know. Um, so it, it, like, it humbles you because it's like you, people don't know what you believe in or what you're wearing or like things like that. And when you explain changes, um, and honestly, wearing the niqab also makes you want to educate yourself more as a Muslim woman, because they look at you and they know that you know more, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yes, of course. Well, they have so that expectation. At they least. will come up to you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first, <laughs> the first thing they ask you is, you're married that's why you're wearing it and it's like what does that have to do with anything (laughs) yeah I think that that Um, drives you a lot more to like seek more knowledge as well because when you're a single woman and you just wear it you know you're wearing it because you want to wear it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala people are surprised at that so then you you know they'll ask you more questions and then you know by arming yourself with more knowledge and like you know getting close to Allah and being able to talk about these different kind of you know um experiences and what Islam says about the hijab and covering then people can get a better understanding as well and I think it looks better um you know not that we're trying to impress non-Muslims obviously but I think when you speak with non-Muslims and even sometimes for new Muslims who might not understand why you know some Muslim women are covering their faces for example when you explain to them um you know why you do it then it, it comes across a lot better as the, I think as a single woman because there's they can't say that well you know you're being forced to do it you know you they can see that it's something mm-hmm. of your own choice your own you know you've decided to do that for yourself it's not somebody else's influence yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah and, and it also shocks them when I say I surprised my parents because wow. it's like wait so your parents didn't force you to do this <laughs> wow subhanallah so can we talk a little bit more about your work how did you get involved with the work that you're doing now obviously you said you went to college and everything mashallah so and and but you work in like in a non-muslim environment so how you know how the how do you kind of navigate through your day and like what has your experiences been as a teacher and with your students as well 
Um, so I'm a middle school teacher. Um, I went to college. Um, I went to college for um to be an ENL teacher, which is English as a second language. Mm -hmm. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me. And I graduated with a linguistics um degree. Um, and I started teaching right after I graduated. I had the summer off and then I just went in. This is my first year fully teaching in um, after graduation. I used to teach before that. Um, I've taught so many um, classes and ages. Uh, so my certification is qualified teaching from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. So I'm like all over the place with my um, grades. And I feel like I love the fact that I can um, work with all age groups. Um, it, it's, it's really quite the experience. Um, so um, during college, I had to do student teaching and I they separate your student teaching in parts where you do lower school and upper school. And lower school for us is uh, elementary school. So I was in an elementary school in uh, for my placement and I had quite literally the worst experience. Um, <laughs> I tried, I think about it now and I laugh because it's like, it was quite the journey. Um, I was definitely treated badly because of the way I was dressed um, and not from the students. The students actually loved me okay, um, and I love my students. They were little fifth graders and they were so innocent and they were just so sweet. Um, but it was really the coworkers and the administration. Yeah, alhamdulillah. I mean, and the administration wasn't the the friendliest. Um, mm -hmm. Like you would say good morning, and it was like a grill back or no response. Wow. Um, and I and I it didn't it didn't change me. I would walk in every single day and still say good morning. Um, and I just I was just counting down my days really being there. Um, mm -hmm. it was half a semester, and I was just like really looking forward to being out. Um, I got the regular thing that student teachers do is write cards or like um bring gifts for their co-teachers and that's exactly what I did and there was like no like as much as you're being nice and you don't change who you are that's what matters but and don't expect I never expect anything in return and mm -hmm. like that's just me um mm -hmm. I just do things for sake of doing them and I'm, I'm still thinking at the end of the day I feel like they might test you to see how much they'll get out of you of um but you just don't give into that and I wasn't one to give into it like if you were going to try to ruin my day <laughs> I'm just going to find somewhere else to be um and persevere like if I had to sit in the hallway and eat my lunch I would do that instead of being in the same room as them to be over when the experience was over Mike um and then moving on I had another experience and this mind you this was in a, a full like I think everyone I interacted with was, were females and they were just not the sweetest and kindest I feel like they there was just no respect mm -hmm. um from their side um I I I was just doing my thing, came in to do my work and left um, and whatnot. Um, but then let's let's look forward to the positive side. Um, I went to work um, in a middle school for my student teaching uh, and I had an awesome co-teacher. I was actually a, a male. Um, he taught me so many things. The first, um, the experience I had before I had, I was there to learn, but mm -hmm. I wasn't getting anything from there. Um, he taught me so much and, and being in that class and I learned exactly what I what I learned from him I put right now in my work and I'm so grateful um I actually he wrote me a recommendation letter um for school so it was really it was really great having someone that is positive and um is willing to help you in what you need and just
be the kind of person you are. It wasn't based on what I was dressed as or how I was. Like I, and this was like, it really has nothing to do with how you're dressed. It's just like, we're here for the same reason to make sure these kids are getting a great education and so on and so forth. I don't think me and you having a relationship is going to change anything, but we just need to work together to better these students. Um, and he understood that full on. He was very respectful towards me. Um, I didn't have any, like, I didn't even have to explain the fact that we have to keep our distance. I can't touch you. You can't touch me. It was kind of like common sense to him. It's like he knew, but I felt like maybe he had Muslim friends growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, honestly, if you walk in New York and you ask anybody, they've definitely either met a Muslim or have Muslim friends. Mm -hmm. So we are pretty out here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't something new to him. And he respected that. um, And he was just telling me like his, past co-worker was also uh, Muslim but he was also a male okay um so uh, moving on to my first year as a teacher um I am in a public school and my students are super adorable uh, my co-workers are also nice and accepting um I haven't had anything from them like honestly when I had my interview they were so welcoming so heartwarming like I just mm-hmm. I just wanted I couldn't I was looking forward to my first day with them um and I showed up and yeah it was it was really amazing honestly and it just erased the whole memory I had of my past experience of like the negative experience and there are Muslim schools here Mm -hmm. um but I wanted to change that because I worked in an Islamic school before I loved everything about it they're great um the staff is great I've worked with them and I would definitely go back and work with them again um and I was just like let me try um a public school for a little bit and see the difference and kind of compare mm-hmm. um, obviously the big thing is that there are not as many Muslim kids in those schools okay. I think overall for my I work in a middle school um, overall for my middle school I would say maybe five six Muslim kids out of mm-hmm. a lot um, that are Muslim and yeah so they they pretty much do stand out and I make it my um, like job to say it so I come to them in the morning mm-hmm. when they're coming up even though they we just kind of say good morning have a great yeah. day um, but when I see them it's just like I want them to feel like like they 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 know and they answer back and sometimes they're like when I forget and I say yeah and when I say good morning they're like psycho so it's like a routine like they get to see me every morning and they feel like they have someone who understands them it's definitely important um your visibility in these kinds of schools for those students those muslim students like you know even though it's just a handful of them okay um so i wanted to ask you about um you know the niqab itself in your lessons like with your teaching how does that work um so my my middle schoolers um I have, I, so I do pull out groups and pushing groups, obviously when I'm pushing in and there's like a male teacher or whatnot, I'm wearing my knuckle the whole time. And I do have a, <laughs> I do have a sign on my door that says, clean up, please knock before coming in because people like to barge in. And uh, most of the time I don't have it on in my room if I'm by myself or if I'm teaching my little classes um, because they are younger kids. Um, and I teach English to them. So they have to see my mouth when I pronounce words and my pronounced letters. Um, so as as long as there's no male in the room and whatnot, my co my co um, teacher and the one that sits with me in the same room, um, she is a female, so like that's perfect for me. It works out, um, and like we make it work. So everyone is very understanding and everyone's so accepting about it. I don't have any questions from them um, in terms of why they need to knock. It's kind of like common sense, and like everyone is just so understanding um, when it comes to that. Um, so it, it just it just feels really nice that 
they know without me having to explain. And I know that they know if they have a question, they can come to me. Um, and so I speak Arabic and a lot of them come up to me and ask me to translate things for them in Arabic, even though nobody speaks Arabic and nobody needs it. But um, when they need something in Arabic translated for whatever reason, they come to me. Mm -hmm. So that's always nice. Alhamdulillah. So you said that you're teaching English as a foreign language. So is is a lot of the children in your school like from other backgrounds, like different countries and things like that? Yes. Yeah, so um, New York is also very um, diverse, like I mentioned before. So a lot of my students are not English speakers. They're all like foreign and their first year or something in New York or in America in general. Um, and they don't have the language. A lot of them are Spanish-speaking children, mm -hmm. so I do teach them English um, in school. Alhamdulillah. That's that's really nice. Um, do you feel that you um that your children like you know kind of um, I don't know like they feel that they can relate to you because you're not like a typical kind of Western-looking American type? Do you feel that that makes any kind of difference for them? Oh, one hundred percent. <laughs> 100% and I and I know some Spanish um so I feel like they they feel like they, they can trust me in terms of like knowing that I'm on I wouldn't say on their side but like that that I'm here to support them in any way they can because when they see me I'm pretty sure a lot of them have never seen like a Muslim woman who's mm -hmm. fully covered back home obviously mm -hmm. um so when they see me as their teacher they kind of it's it's that oh my god are you our teacher kind of look and then it's by the next week they know that I'm there for them to help them so um they just I mean I'm everyone knows me in the school as a candy teacher I have a big bucket of candy in my class and anybody who Watch walks out. in always gets a candy uh, or a treat <laughs> even the teachers when they come and they're just like oh we know Mrs. Masood has um candy in her class so they just come in um, and get candy. So my kids know when they do good or when they are appreciated throughout the week, they get a reward at the end of the week. Um, so my students are pretty comfortable and they always ask me questions because I vary from English, math, science, and social studies. I don't just hint off um, English because obviously they're taught in English all four subjects um, and whatnot. So if anything they need help with, I'm their person. Alhamdulillah. That's great. Mashallah. Wow. Okay. So you. you've had obviously very positive work experience. Um, what about like traveling outside of the country with the Nakab? How have you had any experiences with that? So I've I've traveled um to a few countries and places. Um, I wouldn't say I had I mean, so for TSA, like for example, in America, there's usually like guys or whatever, and they are very understanding if you need a female, but there if if there is not a female. Um, you kind of have to get stuck with a male checking your face, which kind of gets annoying. Um, but that's not always the case because there's really so many women who work in that um, area. So you can always get like an ask for it and they, they're they very respectful towards it. And some uh, male uh, TSA people, like they don't, if they realize there's no women, they kind of let you slide without having to check your face, which kind of is awesome. <laughs> um, but for example, like going back home, so I'm Egyptian and going back home to Egypt, like they usually have like obviously females working there. And if not, um, they either might get nasty about it or they just kind of be like, just show us and mm. get out of the way. But there's a lot of times where in the airports, there are female um, TSA people who check your face. So I've never had one where I, I had to like fight for getting a female. Like I just mm. felt like they always had it. So I wouldn't say I had a problem with that. Mm. Um, so really nothing in the airport, maybe in the countries. 
Um, I've traveled to mainly Muslim countries, I would say, or Arab countries. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like I didn't have a problem with that. I've been to um, Turkey, uh, Muslim country. Mm -hmm. I've been to Saudi Arabia, obviously, <laughs> uh, Muslim country. And uh, we've been to Dubai. Um, they were, there was, everyone was nice and accepting. Um, and I mean, the, I would say the place that we've been to who was, that was not a Muslim country would be Mexico, mm -hmm. which is literally right off uh, here from us. And they were actually pretty nice, um, great people. <laughs> they were just like shocked seeing Nakabis enter their place, I guess. Um, and a lot of places, a lot of places, um, I'm pretty sure they didn't see um, Nakabis before. Mm -hmm. So it was nice seeing their reactions. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so um, you've traveled to other countries and obviously you're living in a, you know, an environment where even though you're in New York, you live with many Muslims around you. Have you met other sisters, for example, who uh, maybe been forced into wearing the naqab at all? Not really. Now that you mention it, I don't think so. Okay, Alhamdulillah. And, and what about sisters who would like to wear it, but they're not allowed? They've been prevented maybe by their families or husbands even? Um... I feel like I haven't met one who wanted to wear it and wasn't allowed to. Mm -hmm. um, it's always that um, decision that they're making on their own. They're not sure if they want to or they're scared if they want to. Mm -hmm. um, but not that they're not allowed to because someone's stopping them. Uh, not that I know of. No. I know a few people who um, took it off. And what, do, what you happened? Know, do you know what reasons they had for taking it off? Not really. Um, I think one of them was maybe um harassed on the train, um, and somebody pulled it off of her or something, um, and she was just scared. Mm -hmm. So I guess out of fear. But this isn't something you hear every day here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was a long time ago. She's actually a lot older than us. She's a mom. Um, okay. so this was a while ago. That's like one person that I can remember. Okay, alhamdulillah. And um, I was going to say, like, what kind of advice would you give to sisters, you know, like you've mentioned, who maybe they're considering wearing the niqab, but maybe they don't feel confident or they feel that they don't have the right time to do it? Like, what advice would you give them? Um, I feel like an advice I would definitely um, advise other sisters who want to wear the niqab would be, as long as you're doing it for the sake of Allah, Allah will support you in your in in doing that. And there was so much rizq and khair that's going to come out of that. Because like I, I would definitely think back if I was um when I was younger, like when I wore it, I feel like I don't know where I got this courage from because it was so out of nowhere where I wanted like yes, I grew up in people in um in a community where a lot of people were wearing it. So I didn't feel like it was something to question myself about. But I feel like because I knew in the back of my head that I was doing it for Allah, then I didn't have any, nobody's opinion mattered, but the fact that I chose it because of this. So I think really letting it get to your head and keep thinking twice and, oh, what is she going to say? Or what is he going to say? Or what am I going to tell them? Or, you know, I think really blacking that out from your head and knowing that you're doing it for the sake of Allah only and just that to please him and to get closer to him is what matters and anything after that decision is really in his hands because 
that was Qadr and this was written for you. Um, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't written for you. Um, and a lot of dua, you can pray Sakhara for it if you feel like you really need that reassurance um, to see if you can if you can do it. Um, I know a lot of people um, during COVID actually wore the naqab because they were like, we're covering our face with masks all day long. Might as well wear the naqab. So this was a step forward to them because they were like, this is really, this was a chance that we got to wear a naqab. Um, so I think really just knowing why you're doing it and who you're doing it for anyone other than, well, it shouldn't be for anyone other than Allah, but um, knowing that you're doing it to please him and get closer to him and choosing what is best for yourself um, going forward. Um, is what matters. So I think just really um, your choice to why you're doing it and for who is all that matters. And it should only be for Allah, you know? Absolutely. Mashallah. So um, would you would you say that sisters who wear the naqab get treated differently from sisters who wear the hijab at all? Um, yes and no, uh, depending on who it's from. Um, so I know for a fact that when I walk into specific stores, um, here or back home, if it's like a Muslim store here, um, or a Muslim store back home, um, we are looked different, like we are treated differently depending on, um, who's treating us. So for example, here, sometimes I walk into a store and somebody would say, sorry, come to me. Um, and maybe to a random hijabi or something, they wouldn't, or they probably would treat us the same, um, depending on what it is. Uh, people do look at us differently. Like I, I've been stopped by non-Muslims and whatnot saying, I wish my wife or my, this is by non-Muslims. I wish my wife or my girlfriend or whatever it is um, would dress like you. And then I was like, I mean, hopefully one day and then we would start laughing. And he's like, you know, uh, this is one conversation that I will never forget. Um, he, what the, a, a person who told me this was like, um, it's so funny how um, our Christian woman, he was, he was non-Muslim. He said, our Christian women only cover up like you when we have to go to church but on other days they don't and we are told for them to follow mary and mary even covers up sayyidah maryam subhanallah it was it was really interesting when he said that um and he's uh -huh. like but you know at the end of the day we can't tell them what to do so i was like wow this is very this is a interesting conversation mm -hmm. you know yeah, subhanallah. It, it makes people reflect yeah. i think a lot of the time when especially people who appreciate um you know like like the religion and um you know because there's reasons why we do things in islam you know like it's not for nothing mm -hmm. and especially like when we see the way that the west is going with you know even with small children and like you know guarding small children from um you know kind of dangerous situations because of like wearing minimal clothes and things like that do you know what i mean there's different mm -hmm. kind of situation with grooming and stuff that's even going on with young children but you know yeah. so people are people are seeing that this definitely is a problem but obviously because of the so-called freedoms that you know and, and, and women's empowerment and you know everybody should have their own choice this kind of things is like some people feel that they don't have the space to um, openly talk about these kind of things but I think when they're in a, an environment where they're with Muslims they feel that they can express certain ideas that wouldn't be appreciated elsewhere 100 percent 100 percent um we were, um, so one of my, so the school I go to has a um, uniform and mind you, this is a non-Muslim school um, and they have uniform and they had a dress down day and subhanAllah, they were saying that students are not allowed to wear um, leggings or tight pants or anything like that. And I was, I was, I was honestly confused because I was like, 
you guys tell them it's um you guys let them wear dress down and wear whatever they want and subhanallah they know that tight clothes isn't like allowed in spaces like the store even in general especially at this young age mm -hmm. because of what really happens and how they see exactly. them and I was really caught off guard when they when it was coming from a non-Muslim person. And then they would look at me and they're like, you understand. And I'm like, yeah, I really do. But I was, mm -hmm. I was kind of shocked when it came from them. Cause it was like, I thought they would normalize things like this because they're so used to it and they all do it. So it was interesting. SubhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. Um, you mentioned um before, actually, not even in like since we've been talking now, but before we actually had this meeting, you mentioned that you have a podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about that? If you don't mind. Yes. Yeah, so um, me and Safiya and my sister have a podcast. It's called Masoud Moments. And um, our first episode is actually both of our knuckle stories. Um, mm -hmm. We started off just to um, kind of share our journeys and our opinions and why not about a lot of things. Um, we have a few episodes. We started a second season, which is a car series. And because we are in the car a lot, um, whether going to school together or coming back, um, we kind of always together. Um, and we kind of took a little break. Uh, we're also on a break right now. It just kind of fluctuates because we're all so busy. She's also a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just like whenever we have the time and feel like there's a specific topic that we want to discuss, we kind of just do. Um, and, um, we have an Instagram for it. Um, we share a lot of things of what we do as teachers, um, as Nakabis in New York, um, as Muslims um so yeah that's really what we do that sounds good it sounds good definitely I'm sure you've got a lot of topics to discuss especially your sporting activities and things like that yes uh, we definitely have a topic where we were talking about our half marathon which was killer it was a, a race for 13 and a half miles wow. um I will never run that again really I can um, you. it was <laughs> yeah and no it was and mind you, I wasn't even training. Like this is something that I was kind of doing to tag along for fun. Oh, um, and that is not my definition of fun for anyone listening to this. Wow. Um, it is Safiya's definition of fun. And um, she gets a little high from that, like a nice, happy high. I was broken into pieces <laughs> and um, needed, a, got a very much needed massage after that race. Wow. So if you like to run good for you I think when it comes to long distance I definitely hate running I remember that when I was in school and we had to do like our first kind of long distance wallahi I was I was like the last person in the whole the whole class it was just like crawling just to just to finish the like I don't know how many laps we even had to do but it was ridiculous I really hated it and I felt like I couldn't breathe the whole time as well so part of that was terrible and you know what I felt embarrassed at the same time because I was always really athletic in school but then I, I that's the mm -hmm. day I found out that long distance just was not for me I'm more of like you know the, the, the kind of the sprints type of person you know maybe some track events and things like that but not that long distance businesses is that no I just I just couldn't hack it at yeah, all no. it was terrible really you painful. Know, running for a few hours is not it yes it is painful and I agree it's I don't know where people find the fun in that but I'm not judging I promise you I can think it, you need a lot of <laughs> do what you like, do what you like that. definitely yeah and it's it's really all mental um as much as like for running at least it's really all mental um, like there was so many times during that race because it was almost four hours of running. Um, I wanted to stop. So 
so many times. Um, and I just kept convincing myself that I'll feel better after it. And after I finished and like relaxed, I was like, oh, I can do this again. But in my head during the whole time, it was like, it's just you and your head while you're running. Um, and I think really fighting your head um, and like that mental state that you're in is how you get over it because your body was doing the running. It was really all your head telling you to stop. You can yes, stop, definitely. you can take a break, you can walk, you can, you can literally just go home. It's like you start fantasizing about everything else that you could be doing except from the running. Exactly. And I just, I could have been sleeping right now. And it's always, there are really early races and this is in January, like winter, January was, wow. it was sleet on the ground. It was snow. It was just, it was um, not a great day. <laughs> but we got through Alhamdulillah and I, Oh gosh. I persevered and I, I got over it, but it's definitely something that you'll never see me do again. Alhamdulillah. So um, inshallah, um, it's been really good to, uh, speaking to you today, sister. And I, I want to ask you the last question, which is, what does the naqab mean to you? Um, this is a great question. Um, so naqab means a few things to me. Um, I think really, I would like I think using the crown um on your head is is probably the basic thing to say, but it's also important that you know you carry Islam as you go. Um, I think I enjoy being um, visibly Muslim um, as as much as it is a lot. Um, and I can't even it is a lot. Like you can't even put it on a scale and say it's not. Being Muslim, being physically Muslim, I mean visibly uh, Muslim is like I I feel like a lot of people can say oh the naqabi, the naqabi, the naqabi, instead of even knowing your name or the person who covers her face or the one that wears the veil or, you know, so your presentation is really how you carry yourself. And the way I carry myself is with the naqab. Um, for the longest I've been wearing it, I feel like, oh, it's Hafsa the naqabi or the naqabi. So um, realizing that and believing that you are representing Islam, not just as a person, the minute you walk out of your house, you are identified as a Muslim woman who covers and has a higher, um, or is seen as a higher, um, I wouldn't say like, that I know, I you, we always have space to grow and um, get knowledge and educate ourselves. Um, there's no limit to that. And we cannot put a limit to that. Um, so there's always a vision of them seeing us or anybody seeing us as um more knowledgeable in Islam when it comes to that. So knowing that, I feel like it always motivates me to better myself as a person, as a Muslim, as a woman, as a educator, um, and things like that. Like I can't say that I'm all these things without the naqab being there to motivate me and to represent who I am. So I feel like if you were to ask me to put my of who I am in three words, I would definitely add an aqabi as one of them because behind it is really why and who I am and how I grow and how I succeed. Um, and it opened so many doors for me in so many ways and closed so many doors for me who, which were bad probably. And um, if I didn't succeed in them, I wouldn't blame the Nakal for not making me reach those goals and make those standards and be where I'd probably be if I wasn't a hijabi or if I wasn't an Nakal or if I wasn't this, but it definitely put me in a I wouldn't say a bubble because I feel like I've done so many things with the naqab and I cannot uh, imagine 
that I wouldn't be able to do it if I wasn't wearing a hijab. And I'm so grateful to be in those places and positions that I am wearing it. Um, so I wouldn't say it limits you in terms of not making it up there, but you just need to make the choices um, that are always obviously um, for the sake of Allah. And knowing that you carry Islam um, in the way you dress and the way you act and the way you basically do everything. So alhamdulillah, like I feel like I'm privileged um, to be able to say this because I know a lot of people aren't able to practice Islam openly or even dress um, the way they want to openly. So um, may Allah um, guide us and make it easier for everyone who's trying to. And even if they're struggling um, with wearing it, may Allah um, give them the strength and um, patience. And um, it's it's all for the sake of Allah. So I hope we, we're getting hasanat for it. So it's just being appreciated that you're walking and people really look at the way you're doing things and they reflect it back on Islam. Because once you make that mistake or once you do something that isn't supposed to be done um they really come and they say oh muslims oh yes, look at their religion it makes them do this so you need to really be careful of what you say what you do and how you carry yourself and i feel like with the naqab it holds that to an a, like a standard that you're mm -hmm. supposed to meet and that's always something to reflect on and be grateful for because people do look at us and appreciate what we do because it's not easy at the end of the day it's really not easy if you think of it like that but with the help of Allah, everything is easy. Like as much as I say it's not easy, um, I'm grateful because when you're doing it, Allah makes it easier for you. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that he always got your back. So absolutely, He's do right by him, he will do right by you. You're carrying that great responsibility. Yes, 100%. Barakallah, sister. Thank you so much for giving your time today. I know you're really busy. Alhamdulillah. So um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I'm sure that a lot of sisters, inshallah, will have benefited from your talk. And it's nice to hear another New Yorker. And, and nice to hear that you're also the, uh, the sister of a previous um, guest on this show as well. So Alhamdulillah, that's, that's been really nice discovering that. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for having us both. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Jazakallah khair. And have May a Allah reward day. you. Yeah, meanwhile, yeah, key sister. Have a blessed day, inshallah. Waalaikum. Likewise. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thanks. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.